What's up, Music Buzzers? Welcome back to The Music Buzz, the podcast where we talk about music, pop culture, and current events while we get buzzed. We're your hosts, Lauren Brumley and Justine Avila. What's up, all you cool cats and kittens? Welcome back to The Music right, Buzz Carol podcast. Baskin. Carol Baskin could actually never. <laughs> she wishes that she could be me. Um, but I am stealing her catchphrase for today because we're back and we're buzzed. We're always buzzed. Yeah. When are we not? <laughs> Lauren, what are we buzzing on tonight? You know what? I'm going to need you to tell us actually. Justine brought us a nice red wine because it's red wine season. It is. It's fall. It's still a little warm outside, um, but we're buzzing on La Vila. Ooh. Which kind of sounds like Avila, so <laughs> oh. you know it's a little it's adjacent, um, but it's this beautiful red from you know I want to say Spain. <laughs> that seems right. <laughs> that seems right. It looks very Italian though. Are you sure? Um, you know what? It's delicious. It says product of Italy on here. So look Lauren, at that. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's a beautiful red from Italy. That's all you need to know. That's all you need to know. It's just, tis the season. To me, it's always red wine season, but just especially once there starts to be like a chill in the air. Hang on. Hang on. I'm already going to argue with you. Good I Lord. Did, no, I just, One minute <laughs> in and here we go. Riddle me this. How does someone drink a Cabernet outside in July? Like I, I'm already sweating oh, thinking I will about do it. it. Oh, I, I will do God, it. you're one of those. I will say like you want to sweat. It's like going to a bathhouse and being like, you know what? Just pour some more heat on it's me. It's not a hot beverage. I'm not bringing out like a hot tea, a hotty toddy. <laughs> no, but it warms you like a, ca- a thick cab. No. <laughs> Why do you got to say like thick cab? <laughs> it's just like, it's how I think of cab. Thick. She thick with extra C's. I will say I would prefer for a chilled white or a rosé during the summer but i will not say no to a red even if i'm outdoors all right well i just didn't know you loved saunas like that but, but. i also am like the same person who will drink an iced coffee during like a snowstorm no you know? i think that's different though because i'll do that like I, it goes down faster it's just science i just don't think that there should be a seasonal bev you know it's just do what feels for good to your soul there should listen uh, judge judy <laughs> i don't recall there's a tiktok sound right now and it's like when i want your opinion i'll ask that's me <laughs> wow all right continue on i'm sorry for that interruption we're starting off the podcast on a spicy note today <laughs> well it is psl season that is true so true the pumpkins are spiced and so are we so today we're going to be talking about current events because y'all they're are a lot of things to talk about we've i mean there's so much i mean things are popping off i feel like we say this every time we do current events but it's like there's so much to catch up on well i feel like everyone's popping off like at the end of 21 it's just like let's go yeah all cylinders are firing and the biggest news that's come out today is that starcrossed aka miss musgrave's most recent record It's no longer being considered for the country category at the Grammys as per the Recording Academy who wrote a letter to UMG Nashville saying this is not. It's ineligible. It's ineligible for the country category. It is eligible in the pop category, 
but this has caused such a huge stir. But I mean, like, let me just give a quick shout out to Cindy Mabe over at UMG. She clapped back with a heck of a letter. I read it and it was great. It was good. I mean, she just like was not missing any points whatsoever. I want Um, her to write a diss track because she knows how to fire back. She knows. It was like, it felt like, you know, in the Supreme Court when you have dissent and then you have those opinions on it. I was like, whoo, she's covering everything. Here we go. Here we go. Um, and it was it was great. And then Casey obviously responded today. Oh my gosh! Um, with all of those memes and photos. Well, so we should explain if people haven't seen that. So, um, like Jay was just saying, her I guess a representative from UMG Nashville. What is Cindy Mabe's position over there? She's the president. Okay, so head of the land over there. Obviously made statement and i'm assuming that she's the one who kind of released this story because obviously the recording academy isn't going to be like by the way we aren't recognizing this as a country album i'm assuming she you know kind of pushed this out to the media outlets to kind of rally people behind them on this whole thing it is very clear that casey westgraves is pissed about it because she has been posting instagram stories all day um, her first one was a photo of her as a kid, and she said, you can take the country out of the girl, but you can't take the girl out of country. And then was posting all these stories. I with- think she also said, just to reiterate, you can take the girl out of the country genre. Yeah. Yeah. She had that like in parentheses next to it. Like, Correct. Yeah. And so then she's been posting photos of her with all these huge legends like George Strait and Reba and Shania and Willie Nelson. Yeah. Loretta Lynn. And basically saying uh, like these people know what I mean. Right. And kind of alluding to like, they have all switched up their genre. They not genre, but they've all switched up their sound time and time again. And it's never been an issue. Like they've never been excommunicated from their genre for it. And so she's just like, why this album and why now? Mm -hmm. And that's part of what Cindy said in her letter too. Like what are the motives that are causing you to make this decision now? Because golden hour was produced by the exact same humans written by the same humans has a very similar sound. She said, Cindy said, Starcross is not a sonic deviation from Golden Hour, which I think some people could maybe contend with. But she was like, there's no sonic deviation and everything else is the same. So why was that eligible last time? Right. And this isn't. Correct. Which is fair. I mean, it's it's all very fair points. And then I, we got to say, Casey ended with, just a photo of her flicking the bird on both <laughs> yeah. hands. I wanted to make so, that my phone background. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, it was actually pretty epic. <laughs> um, but anyway, I don't know. I feel like it was a big rally call between releasing the letter and then rallying the troops, a.k.a. the fans. Yeah. And it's just a matter of, I, I don't even think it's such a matter of, oh, we're not calling this country. It's more of a matter of like, When it comes to the Grammys, that's where this album most fits. And that's where, like, it's been tagged in the metadata and it's been, like, pushed out to streaming as a country album. 
So that's how like the fans have been recognizing it. Then to put it in competition with these other albums that are on a completely different type of playing field is what is the point of that? Well, and also too, I would argue it brings up these like weird committees that are these like top secret committees Mm -hmm. that are these voting bodies and they've been kind of under fire previously like who are these gatekeepers that are voting on all the nominations and the eligibility categories and everything like that and it's kind of the same thing repeating itself um it's happened before i think in the rap categories but now it's in country where it's like yeah who are these people that are deciding this and why are is their vote like the most significant vote for the category um, yeah. And well, and because there are these secret groups, how do you know what their motives are or if they're pure or if, you know. Correct. And obviously they probably have some sort of skin in the game, which Cindy alluded to in her letter mm-hmm. being like whose motives are being served here. And actually you're like perpetuating a problem that continues to happen within the country genre. So it's just tough because how do you look at previous years and look at artists like no offense, I love Dan and Shay, but you're going to say that Dan and Shay is country, but Casey is not? Right. How, like, what exactly is the criteria for fitting a piece of work within a certain genre? Is it instrumentation? Because a banjo and acoustic guitar has not been seen in country music for a decade. I Find me one. Like, right. Obviously, you can, but it's like, that's not the mark of what that genre is. So what is the mark of it then? Right. Exactly. Okay, so I had an idea today, and hear me out. I'm pitching you on my idea. Let me hear it. Casey has a song called Breadwinner. I would do a remix of Breadwinner with a Beyonce or Travis Scott, submit to best rap song, and then have her win it, if she can, and accept it in a cowboy hat and a full country attire. Hell yeah. That I, would have to be obviously next year because we're past the Grammy submission but like, for this year. But that's how I, mean, I love that. I would do it, right? And Old then, Town Road vibes. Love oh, it. yeah. But like Breadwinner, I feel like could use like a Beyonce on that track. And she would just like come in there like rapping a verse or whatever. Or even Travis Scott. And then like do yes. a little line. And then Casey can be like, I want it. I'm obsessed with that. I love that idea. And even if it couldn't be eligible for this year's like nominations, they could perform it at the Grammys as a big double F. Oh, 100%. And in my mind, it's like uh, the Megan the Stallion Savage remix, mm-hmm. which won. And it won with Beyonce on the track. And I'm like, well, if that could win, then Casey, I think, in my opinion, Breadwinner is like the song that could use a verse like that. I could hear and it. And then like be done with it. Okay, I love that. I'm All very right, let's into pitch that. it. <laughs> let's send some emails real quick. But yeah, that's just like, honestly, we've had so many issues the last several years of Grammy cycles where artists are confused and frustrated by these genre pigeonholes that they're being put in. It's almost like you're either, it, it's just like there's no clear definition of what these genres mean and what you have to do in order to qualify for this genre because how does drake get nominated for a rap album when he didn't rap at all on the album right it's like this weird kind of black box that all of these nominations or submissions go into Mm -hmm. and you don't know what the criteria is i think that's like the point of contention right it's like you have no clear distinction what the criteria is and like unfortunately a lot of it i think 
relies on commercial music, which the Grammys has acknowledged. But at the same time, then you have an artist like Justin Bieber, who's been a point of contention because he's had like these massive milestones as an artist and like just won a Grammy a year ago or two years ago. And it's like, okay, so then what is the criteria? Because you recognize commercial music, but then you're not recognizing him. And it's the same with Drake. And then even like Jay-Z has wrapped a line like, F the Grammys over eight shit. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, cool. You're expanding the category with eight nominations. That does nothing for me. Right. And going back to like these committees, it's like we've talked about before, like with the Justin and the Drake thing, where I think even you mentioned, oh, don't they submit, don't their own teams submit the categories that they're, you know, going out for basically. And in this case, Casey's team did submit the album for these country categories, but they're still like the gatekeepers, aka these committees who can say no. Well, yeah, we talked about it with Justin Bieber yeah. because he was like, I'm excited to be nominated in the pop category. However, I made an R&B album. Which it was. Yeah. Right. And so they just switch categories based on, I don't, I, I don't know what it's based on, but yeah. whatever the committee decided. And it's tough too with country, especially because like Cindy said in her um, letter, country already is fighting against such difficult standards for women in country and for people of color in country and anything that's outside of this like cowboy box that it's been created to be. And like something like this is just further perpetuating that anything that doesn't fit inside that box is not welcome there. And I feel like the country music space in general has done a lot of work to like break out of that. And then something like this happens and this hugely esteemed organization makes a decision that, you know, pushes everything back in the box and it's just frustrating. And I can totally understand that. So I'm just curious to see like where it goes, what happens with, the Grammys moving forward when genres continue to be bent even further than they are now. Correct. I'm, I don't know where it goes from here. Right. It's like the Grammys are almost clinging on to like this old school form of, but so is radio too. Yeah. But, but it's hard because as listeners, I think we need categorization because some people don't like country. And so if you are merging all these things together and they turn on, you know, this one station and they're playing half music they like and half music they don't like, are they going to listen to it? You know, and I've, I don't know how you judge all the music in one bucket for something like the Grammys. So it's like, you almost do need categorization, but like, there's no such thing as these specific genres anymore. Right. So I don't know. It's almost like you're in between a rock and a hard place. Yeah. Because how do you do it? And again, I think it goes back to criteria. What, criteria are we going by for each category right and they just don't they don't tell you maybe it just needs to be more clearly defined and then we can go from there so we'll see it's so weird to hear these like grammy conversations happening because that means we're not that far away from the grammys and i feel like the grant like the 2021 grammys just happened or the 2020 grammys i guess well let's hope this year is way more entertaining than last year's well assuming knock on wood that things go the way they should go hopefully they'll be back at least in person mostly with a crowd that would be great that would be awesome if everyone gets their boosters maybe we'll be on our way let's do it (laughs) so next piece of big news is our girl adele is back 
She's back in a big way. Everyone is talking about Adele right now. She shared, so she shared that she is releasing her debut single from this album. Easy on me. Easy on me on October 15th, which might have already passed by the time this episode comes out. And then just announced that her album, 30, will be out on November 17th. And when both of those announcements came out, every single person I know, their Instagram story was sharing that post (laughs) on their story. So it was just like the same post on like 30 different people's stories. Okay, so I have a couple thoughts and I'm already going to interrupt you. But that letter, like the fan letter about the album sounded like the most sincere actual like artist written letter that I've read like what I, letter it was like explaining what 30 is oh like the yeah. second slide on her yes. Instagram post. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah I mean obviously I read it and it actually sounded like it came from her because it oh like, yeah for w- sure it just seemed like it was in her voice and I feel like most artists have their team do it so that was one it was much appreciated two this is just a suggestion to Adele if she's listening um I would name the album 30 but parentheses plus three because (laughs) she talks about like being 30 but like her life has changed so drastically over the course of three years so I don't think it's necessarily 30 it's also like she got divorced she found herself she was talking about living in a different mindset and all of these things so I'm like wait you can't discount the past three years that also happened to you so yeah but to be fair like 19 wasn't released when she was 19 surely things happened between the time that she was 19 and when but, it actually but came I'm out saying, and same like, with 21 she, and 25 she acknowledged like she almost had a different record planned for yeah. 30 than she does now so i'm like mm, it's like 30 plus three yeah but it's like the experiences that were born out of her 30s so oh i feel gosh. like it still i just counts. want someone to love me the way you justify adele no honestly same <laughs> i want someone to love me the way that i love adele <laughs> honestly she's um, a queen she also her spread i think it was was it british vogue that she was in well she was on the cover of american and british vogue let's Dude, also acknowledge she that. looks stunning it's yeah. so disgusting how beautiful she looks the one photo where she was wearing like this plaid coat mm-hmm with her hair like swooped over and it was like sleek and like kind of straight but curled at the end. I've never seen a more beautiful person in my life. She looks so gorgeous. Yeah. Adele actually looks like the queen that she is. A hundred percent. She looks healthy and happy and I just love to see it. I mean, I love that for her. I'm so excited for this record. Um, I am too. So something interesting that also happened is as we know, she's a very private person. She has stage fright. She's not a very like in your face kind of celebrity. And she did an Instagram live this week, which I feel like is very out of character for her. She's obviously, you know, drumming up some interest for the record. And she was being so funny and cute on this live. And I didn't watch it, but I've seen, I feel like a bunch of the clips are floating around. Same. It's like everyone screen grabbed and then put it on TikTok. Yeah. And there were like a couple funny moments where people were like asking her meme ish questions that she just didn't understand. And she's like, I just don't understand what you mean there, babes. <laughs> and it's just like so funny that she's so out of the loop. And then someone asked her about Britney Spears. They were like, do you support free Britney? And she's like, Oh, I've met Britney like a bunch of times. I love her. Like she's precious. I'm like, Adele, Adele sweetie, I love that. we love you. I yes. Love our queen. Um, and then she played a clip of the single. Like, yeah coming out which i'm excited for me too but i don't know i just 
I love. Tell us how you really <laughs> feel. <laughs> I okay. I'm not excited about the clip, <laughs> but I'm excited to hear the song and the record. Um, I also just appreciate like how powerful Adele is, which she did an Instagram post and she changes her profile picture and the internet like shuts down. Oh, they're yeah. like, oh, we got the album coming. Album is coming. Yep. Well, first of all, I want to also recognize this. Taylor moves her record. So all of the internet is like, oh, Adele is coming. Yep. Like Adele is coming on this date that Taylor was going to come with Red. Um, that was the first inkling. And then Adele's fan power is so powerful that when she changes her profile photo, the internet shuts down and is like, oh, here we go. Thank God. And then she's on the cover of Vogue, which is, again, powerful, but it's also a print publication. So she's yeah. on the cover of that. And does an Instagram live and like she will break records. And I oh, think that course. that's just like incredible that she does that. And like, that's really all she has to do. It's not like she's out here doing a TikTok dance. Like, yeah, she's really she's not even on TikTok. So <laughs> that like, we know of. Yeah, that we I know. I see of. her having like a fake yeah. TikTok that like accidentally goes viral one day. And everyone's like, we found her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you know what I mean? It's yeah. just like, oh, wow. Like as an artist, that's pretty actually that's incredible. Um, yeah, I think the Taylor thing is really interesting, too. I think earlier I accidentally said she's releasing her album on November 17th. It's November 19th, which is when Taylor, like you were saying, was supposed to release Red Taylor's version. And she just randomly a couple weeks ago releases a statement being like, hey, guys, so excited to announce that I'm releasing this record. <laughs> surprise. <laughs> early week, surprise. Yeah, a week early. And everyone of course was like there's something up like there's always a reason why right and so obviously now everyone was waiting for Adele's album announced date to be like yes that was it and of course it definitely was because Taylor's re-records cannot compete with a new album from Adele when we haven't heard new music from Adele in several years right and we've had like four albums from Taylor in the last 365 days <laughs> yeah so she was for sure moving that I think I also read online someone was like yeah Rihanna moved her album an entire quarter because she didn't want to compete with Adele so I mean Adele literally blows everything out of the water every time uh, yeah and so does Taylor but like but I mean, it's Adele. You still don't want to compete with that because you're just going to dilute right. the success of your record. I'm surprised. I mean, even a week is going to be tough because. Oh, 100%. Because people are going to listen to the new. The, I feel like with these re-records, like you're going to listen to them when you feel like listening to those songs. It's not going to be something that everyone's like, yes, I'm going to like blast this on repeat. You know, some people right. will, but people will be blasting the new demos that they haven't heard before for a week and then Adele's going to come out and then that's all everyone's going to be listening to for a while. So it's still going to be diluting the success. I think of red a little bit, but it'll still be successful either way, but a hundred percent. And I also, I thought it was interesting in terms of like artist pacing because we haven't had anything massive from like very big, big artists until recently in yeah. 2021. And it was like, Someone gave everyone the green light and it was like, okay, now we're going. Oh, and I mean, it was it's like, like Drake, exactly, Kanye, Taylor, exactly. Adele. It was all of them. And then you've got Ed coming out at mm -hmm. the end of this month. You've got Adele coming. I mean, Rihanna's now in the Billionaires Club. So she's like, I'll make an album when I want. 
So I mean, we don't we hear even know once a month that it's coming this yeah, year. Yeah. So it's we're like, like, okay. Okay, sure. But then all of them are going to go on sale because Ed yeah. announces mathematics tour Adele, like I think billboard leaked that she's going to do a Vegas residency. So it's all like starting to snowball. And I think they haven't released music in so long. So it's all like truncated into Q two, three and four of 2021. So they're vying for like, the disposable income because everyone's like oh for sure I gotta go see them yeah and I think everyone's gonna be more comfortable in 2022 going out to a show like that correct so, so it's gonna be freaking nuts yeah it's insane um but anyway I I'm so excited to hear this record I am too I wasn't completely blown away by the clip either but I think that like I heard somebody make a really good point and they were like It just sounds like Adele and people love her so much because you know what you're going to get. Like, you know, it's going to be this beautiful song that has like a powerful vocal. It's beautiful music and it's so consistent. It's like reliable, Mm -hmm. you know? Right. Which I appreciate in an artist. And I just think she's such a emotional writer and she digs deep. So all the songs are going to be good. We already know that. So. Oh yeah. Cannot wait. I'm excited. Okay. And a bit heavier news r kelly was finally freaking convicted for racketeering and a plethora of other things sex trafficking yeah which kind of is what racketeering is right oh i don't i didn't racketeering, know racketeering i looked it up recently and it's a very vague definition it can mean a bunch of different things but basically it says racketeering is a charge often connected to organized criminal activity involving several people it doesn't refer to a specific crime, but rather a way of thinking about and pers- prosecuting a variety of crimes. Ooh. So it's basically if you, it's a scheme or operation to collect money or other profit. So I think instead Sex of trafficking falls yeah, into that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Did you watch Surviving R. Kelly? Yeah, I Dude. had a very like hard time watching that. Like it, yeah. I had to watch it in spurts and I kind of felt sick to my stomach yeah. afterwards. I um, had never watched it until literally like a week and a half ago. And it's one of those shows where I put off watching it for such a long time. Cause I mm-hmm. knew it was going to be heavy and tough to watch, but even watching it, I was like, I almost felt guilty watching it. Cause yeah. I was like, this just feels sick to even watch. But yeah, but it also, I feel like is important because I feel like we, are so desensitized to so many things like this. And I don't know about you, but I find myself almost depersonalizing it as a mechanism of like protecting my brain almost where you hear about things like this, but I can't let myself think about the individual people that are hurt in a situation like this, you know, like you hear it and you're like, Oh, that's so sad. But hearing the actual stories of these girls who were 13 and or like the parents who haven't seen their daughters in several years it's like it puts a face to it and makes it that much more sick i also i think very naively am like there is no way this could actually be true because i'm like our judicial system can't be this broken Mm -hmm. that this has happened for this long so in my mind i'm like oh this is like clearly not true not real and it's very much very real yeah um well and I thought too I was like 
there's no way any sane parent would allow their kid to be put in this situation. And if they are that messed up, then like they hold some responsibility. And not that I don't think they hold some responsibility, but now watching it, you understand that R. Kelly was a person in a position of power who was manipulating all of these people with his power and his like authority as a huge figure. A hundred percent. And it also like makes me crawl in my skin a little bit because I went to his show Mm. in 2016 or 17. He came to Bridgestone here in Nashville and I was going for a business meeting and I just remember being like, the show wasn't good and he even seemed creepy on stage if that's imaginable um the way he was like singing kind of at women and i was like oh he's trying to get a rise out of the, like the crowd and whatever yeah. but i just also remembered kind of having like goosebumps on my arm and i was like oh you have the pit and, yeah it's yeah. like the weird gut feeling and i remember leaving early and i was just like that was not great and yeah. then more Were of people the- protesting outside. Mm-mm. Mm. I mean, he still had like a good following, but I think it was a lot of, oh, yeah, like R. Kelly's a creep, but he's not like this, this bad yeah. kind of thing. I think yeah. that was still the vibe at the time. Mm-hmm. And then all of this came out and it was like, whoa, yeah, like, this is bad. Well, what's so crazy is even some of the girls who were abused later on some of them started out by saying, yeah, I was one of the fans who was saying they're just trying to like persecute this black man. They're trying to accuse him of something he didn't do. And then they ended up being the ones who were abused by him. And like, then they were like, oh, I get it now, you know? And then they felt so stupid for being outside of shows with posters being like, let this man live, you know? Right. It's so insane. It is really insane. And again, I think like, the saddest part for me is like our judicial system because this has gone oh, on for so corrupt and broken so long, a hundred percent. And then you have people on the other side of this where I think we had texted about it, but his album sales have increased by 500%. So there's a group of people still supporting him and buying his music. That is so sick. And streaming his songs. Like, and I don't, I, I, I don't know why I would honestly love to hear an interview from someone knowing why, like what the connection is there to continue to support. My only hope, if you can even call it that, is that it's people who are hearing this story and being like, oh man, I remember how good this song was. What a bummer. And going to listen to that song. Yeah. Like I believe I can fly. And they talked about this in surviving R Kelly too. Um, And I forget Step in the Name of Love, I think, was one Mm -hmm. of the other big ones, which was a huge wedding song for people. Oh, yeah. They were like, it's hard to separate this. A lot of people, you know, dance to that at their weddings. It's hard to separate that now and say, I can't listen to that anymore because this person is a trash human being. It's It's, as we've talked about time and time again, it's hard to separate the artist from the art. But I would challenge anyone who wants to listen to an R. Kelly song to go back and watch Surviving R. Kelly. Because I even think in a last, in a previous episode, I was like, yeah, but Ignition slaps. Like, you know? Yeah. I, I cannot yeah. listen to it again. Ever well, in my life. And it's, and I guess it's always, an, like, it varies for different people, right? Like, 
and I struggle with this. I guess it's like almost like moral dilemma, but like I've listened to some Chris Brown songs and I'm yeah. like, Chris Brown's been in a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. Like I've listened to some other pop star songs and they've been in a lot of trouble for some very questionable behavior. And I'm like, so do I not listen to it? I yeah. mean, like even Michael Jackson. Yeah. But I, I don't know. Because, like, so even that documentary, they released it, right? Mm-hmm. And I forgot the name of it. It was, like, Finding Neverland. Yeah, yeah. And then there was, like, all of this controversy discounting part of the testimony in there. And I'm like, I don't know who to believe. Yeah. And, like, it's weird because I, like, like some old Michael Jackson songs. So what do I do? Yeah. But I always my tendency is always to err on the side of believing the person who's coming out with it, because regardless of what benefit you could get from it, which I just don't believe there is one, you lose so much more right by coming forward. And also now that especially like in the Michael Jackson case, he's passed away. So what do they have to gain from that at this point? But like the R Kelly thing, there's so much evidence there's so many videos oh there's yeah. so many no, people corroborating other people's stories and because because a lot of it was like group activities that are so sick and like he kept these women he had an issue with power and he kept these women locked up in rooms in his house and so there were se- like dozens of women in the same house at the same time living there locked in rooms like peeing and pooping in buckets because he wouldn't let them out or look anybody else in the house in the eye didn't want his wife knowing that these people were there like they all obviously were in it together so they can say hey i know faith is telling the truth or i know whoever is telling the truth because i was there i saw her there right you know which is a different thing the documentary was so crazy when the parents who hadn't seen their daughter or the mom who hadn't seen her daughter in several years went to that hotel yeah. and found her. Oh, I was, I had chills. I was freak. I was screaming. <laughs> it's such a good show. I mean, it's so hard to watch. It's it'll make yeah. you so sick, it, but it's just like important to watch. I think. No, I agree with you. I just like, I, I, physically felt ill afterwards yeah. and it's like you've just got to be in the mindset that this is going to be super difficult to watch mm-hmm. and watch it because it's, yeah. it is important it's you just got to be in the right mindset to handle it yeah I think something difficult also in this whole scenario is how complicit so many people in the artists lives are and this we've seen this in many different cases, obviously in this case where someone's breaking the law and the people around him are helping him break the law. But we've also seen it in many other cases where people are harming themselves who are drug addicts or who have eating disorders and everyone around them right. just... Well, it all revolves around the money. Yeah, and they help them do it. And it's so sick and upsetting to watch what people who are entertainers and public figures can get away with it's scary it's really scary and it's been i mean the first i think the first case that came against r kelly was in 1993 right it's 2021 and he just now got convicted it's scary it's absolutely nuts but thank god justice is being brought to light i was reading the um sentencing and 
basically he was given 10 years to life plus five to seven years for each of the 10 convictions against him from like 10 different, I think, women in one state. But he still has uh, charges against him in two other states that they haven't even tried yet. So he's 100% facing life in prison. Yeah. And like, yeah, I just, I would be curious to see if he even survives prison. Yeah. Oh, right. Right. And then someone also said he's allegedly broke because all of his monetary sources have been cut off. His YouTube channels were canceled. Um, He's had to pay for so many lawyers and like pay off so many people at this point with a fledgling career on top of that. Allegedly, he was in court with his wife, I think, in 2018, and they ordered him to pay like $119,000 in child support, and he couldn't afford that. Yeah. And so someone was like, that definitely means like he's not getting off in any way on this because he doesn't even have the money that some people who, you know, are rich could pay off some of this. Right, right, right. And, you know get themselves into a better situation he's not even in that place to do that and he deserves to die in prison yeah he's not well no i mean he's not and i yeah i would be curious if he even makes it very far in prison yeah truly happy to see justice justice happening there i'm also interested to see how this affects and especially the surviving r kelly docuseries i'm interested to see how that affects artists who have similar conviction or not convictions allegations against them moving mm, forward. Mm-hmm. Like we've had like Tyga yeah. is recently in the news with allegations from a previous girlfriend about abuse. I, I wonder if people will be more likely to take it seriously and not doubt the public figure that they all like. Yeah. I mean, especially with just justice, I feel like that's happening across the board with all of these cases, even Brittany, after so many years that it just seems like it's a spotlight again. I feel like I'm a broken record, like on the judicial system. So maybe people will start taking it seriously yeah. and like investigate further. I hope so. I truly hope Me so. Me too. Unfortunately, Ignition is dead, canceled, delete it from all the playlists. It's over. Canceled. Moving back into a little happier news. In a positive light. <laughs> In a positive light. Uh, briefly, I just wanted to talk about how the Rolling Stones were in Nashville this past weekend. <laughs> and do you feel like every single person you know was at the show? Oh, uh, yeah. Me? No, okay. I do. Except me. I was not yeah, there, but either. all of Nashville was there. I have a confession. Not you a big Rolling Stones go. guy. So I don't know that I would call myself a big fan, but I do want to see them before they die. And I feel weird saying that because <laughs> Charlie Watts, the drummer, just passed away. Mm-hmm. So... You know, I'm going to try to well, see them here at some point. They're obviously a legendary band. And a, a lot of people were saying this is probably the last tour. No, come on. I, I didn't know. go. So I don't know. Mick is getting up there. Yeah, but Mick is in his tennis shoes all over <laughs> every single his town. orthopedic sneakers. <laughs> yeah. My favorite clip that he posted on his Twitter 
was Mick Jagger in the middle of Broadway the night before the show. Oh, yeah. In his like track suit and his hat. He just looks like some old dude <laughs> with a mask. And you're like, wait, that's Mick Jagger. And if any of these people found out who that was, like you would have to hop in that SUV that's recording this video like in a split second. And so I hope out of there. Yeah, I hope those orthopedic sneakers actually make <laughs> him run fast. Well, it was so funny. So he posted a photo set that he posted to his Twitter and Instagram and everything. He was like exploring Nashville and he is in front of Nissan Stadium, which is where they played the show. He's in front of a different restaurant in front of he's on Broadway. And then he's just in front of this giant pile of trash, which is (laughs) anyone who's driven downtown near Nissan Stadium. Like you've seen the several like landfills basically down there. And I just cringed so hard. I was like, Mick, oh, sweetie, I'm so sorry you have to see this. I'm so sorry that yeah, this is we the apologize. <laughs> but the best meme, and I was telling you about this, was like, Mick, 2015. And it was a picture of him before his show in 2015 in front of like some Nashville landmark, like on the bridge or something, or at Radnor Lake. And then it was like, Mick, in Nashville, 2021, it's just <laughs> a pile of trash. And they're like, we're sorry. I see no lies detected. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I just thought that was so funny. But yeah, every single person I know pretty much was at that show. I had FOMO just because everyone was there. But I just, I have to say, I just, I never, they're not really a band like my parents listened to a lot growing up. I obviously know the greatest hits, but I wouldn't even say that I probably would have known half the set list, which is probably, I get my like music fan card taken away. It is what it is. I don't think so. I mean, listen, I still want to see them because they're legendary, but like that's about it. The same way I want to see Don't Hate on Me, but Bob Dylan because he's legendary, oh, yeah. but like I'm not the biggest Dylan fan. I do I think he's a poet? Yes, but mm-hmm. like does all of his music move me? No. Yeah, I get that. It's more of just seeing the legends to say that you've seen them. Correct. And like, see what it's all about. For but sure. like now they're the olds. They are the olds. A hundred percent. Also, the new season of SNL is back in full swing. We had our first episode with Owen Wilson and Casey Musgraves last week, which was quite an interesting time. A lot of people were very critical of Casey's performance. Did you see it? Because she was in the nude. They just were unimpressed, I think. I mean, whatever. I thought it was I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, but she came out just sitting on a stool with like her hair covering her boobies, like Christina Aguilera <laughs> vibes, with a guitar. And it took me a solid few minutes. I was like, is she naked? No way she's naked. Is she naked? And then I saw a photo from the back and she's wearing like a nude thong and that's it. And I was like, oh wow. She's nude. But it was like an ode to Forrest Gump, right? Oh. Yeah, no, it was to like that iconic scene in Forrest Gump where she uh, like Jenny performs mm-hmm. naked. Okay. That's why Love she that. did it. But okay. I think there was a major disconnect as to like that tribute. I mean, she she posted a photo after, but everyone was like, but why? What? Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, so that song, I think that was justified that she performs mm-hmm. naked and then the other song she performed was camera roll which i think some people were surprised by i heard a lot of people being like oh i can't believe she performed that song i don't even like that song i'm like that's oh, I, one of my favorites yeah i like that song 
Um, and she also, what I like about her is she does share, like if she gets inspiration from somewhere, she will share it. She won't try to like rip it off and be like, this was my original idea, which a lot of artists do and be like, oh, well you should have picked up that it was a reference to this. Instead, Casey's like, Hey, this is what I was referencing. I wasn't stealing. I borrowed this idea. Yeah, Yeah. And she had gotten some inspiration for basically she's sitting at a table. She's on one side facing like an empty other side of the table, but there's a projection Uh, projecting different people on the other side of the table against the wall. It makes a lot of sense for camera roll because you're going through all these memories with all these different people. And she was just wearing a cropped flannel t-shirt and baggy jeans. I was like, who is this woman on SNL? This is what you're wearing. I love it. Honestly, I was obsessed. I thought it was great too, but yeah, I did read like all of the stuff online. I just thought it was funny that she had to post the reference in Forrest Gump. Was that like, one I did oh not get. oh oh yeah but it was a pretty good performance but then this past weekend we had kim kardashian hosting which i'm shocked has never happened before yeah i am too actually and like those jokes were like very honest she went there i was shocked and i think a lot of people were by especially her opening monologue she hit everything right um yeah, I didn't watch, admittedly, the whole episode. I looked up clips after, but I was super shocked she went where she went. Yeah, and I think that's an interesting point, too, is a lot of people who didn't even watch have now seen a lot of the clips because they've all gone viral mm-hmm. for different reasons. But it was honestly a pretty good episode. And then Halsey was the musical guest, um, and she was pretty good. Nothing, like, outrageous or anything, but she the second song she did, Mick Fleetwood was playing guitar with her, which oh, I thought was weird. pretty cool. And random. But Kim did a pretty good job. She definitely was reading the teleprompter a lot, but she's not an actress. No. No one ever claimed that. But I appreciated that you could tell that she really, like, put a lot of effort into it and took it seriously, which I feel like they respect a lot. Because I'm sure they have so many people coming in there who just don't care. They're like, yeah, these idiots do this job once a week. They can do it. I can do it. It's fine. Right. And they don't rehearse and they don't, you know, practice or anything. You could tell that she took it really seriously and she did a really good job. There were some really interesting moments of the show, the bachelor sketch. Did you see that one? No, I didn't. So there was one sketch where she's the bachelor. She's dressed in like a basic B, you know, gown. Yeah. And they pan over to the bachelors and it's all these like celeb cameos. So it's Chase Crawford from gossip girl It's Blake Griffin who dated Kendall. It's, um, who else? Uh, what is the hot guy from the bachelor? Tyler C from the bachelor. It's, um, Chris rock. Who's a family friend of the Kardashians. Right. It's just like all these celebs. And it was really funny. Um, and then Amy Schumer showed up as like one of the show producers who was like, I also would like to be in the running for the show. It was really funny. Really oh, enjoyed need, that sketch. I need to watch it. I missed it. And then you said you watched the Costco one. Yeah. Which was a cut sketch, but it in the SNL accounts shared it on their socials afterwards and they should have included it because it was really funny. I thought it was great. It was a great concept too. Yeah. Bowen Yang is just... He's funny. He's a national treasure. I'm sorry to I say mean, it. I mean, Funny. And then, did you see the one where AD Bryant switches bodies with Kim Kardashian? Uh uh-uh. uh. Dude, you have to. I'll share that one so with you. So good. You have to see that one. It was really funny, but I thought she just did a good job. 
and I enjoyed it. I forget who's next this week. It's also mm-hmm. someone good. I forgot. I also cracked up at the skims for dogs. Oh yeah. That one I thought was kind of dumb. I kind of giggled. I, know, but... I liked it. <laughs> Mainly because I have a dog, but yeah. And you would like some skims. For oh Jack. yeah, for sure. He doesn't need <laughs> it. <laughs> no, he would love some skims. And then in some non-music, but very relevant pop culture news. Some global news. Global news. Global. Squid Game is taking over the globe. Yeah. It, I mean, it is. It's uh, kind of like Tiger King yes. all over again. Yes, but it's But on a bigger, larger scale. Yeah, because yeah. like everyone in every country. I think it's number one on Netflix in global. Every country. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is very interesting. But you know what else is interesting is that Netflix totally pushes these things on us. Well, yeah, of course. And I don't think that it's like, I don't really trust the top 10. Well, yeah. I mean, like everything now is an algorithm and it's like a self-perpetuating algorithm that's also like an advertisement. Like I don't trust anything anymore. And other than like my eyes. And I'm like, (laughs) even when my maps is like, oh, this way is faster. I'm like, but is it? We are old and crotchety. (laughs) Are you just trying to get me to use this road? Uh, So true. (laughs) No, I'm with you on that. Like, but it is super disturbing. And I can kind of see why it picked up steam. Yeah, it's not usually a show that I would watch. And I was really confused by it when it first popped up because of course it was like the featured show on my Netflix as soon as it came out and I thought it was a children's show at first because <laughs> I had just saw the super colorful rooms and that cartoon yeah very much doll. not very much not and then I saw that it was in is it Japanese uh it's in Korean oh Korean I saw that it was not in English and I was like, I just don't do well with a show where I have to read subtitles or listen to the dub. Like it, I can't focus when I can tell that that's not what they're saying. But okay. I'm actually curious what you did. Did you listen to the dubbed one or did you do subtitles? So I don't do dubbed. Like I just can't do dubbed because the mouth thing just doesn't work. It's distracting. Yeah. It just doesn't work for me. So I prefer to read and actually guys, I'm admitting I'm a grandma, so I have problems staying awake <laughs> during movies, shows, really anything, um, except for concerts, because I'm like, you know, it's a, an experience. But that, I'm saying that all to say reading actually makes me stay awake. And I I even do it during English shows. Yeah. Um, I and, do that a lot, too. And some of it's like True Detective was so soft when they were speaking that I was like, what? What is Matthew McConaughey mumbling? You are 100 years <laughs> no, old. I am. And the same with like Succession. I'm like, what did he just say? Well, they talk so fast on Succession. You're yeah. like, what? <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I'm a subtitled girl. Yeah. Subtitled what you, girly. <laughs> what'd you do? So I'm a psycho and I did both. I, I did the English dubs and English subtitles. Whoa, that, I mean, you were watching a different show. Okay, well, what's interesting is a lot, I had heard a lot of people say before I started watching that the dub is different than the subtitles. And there are a lot of things that get lost in translation if you watch one or the other. Like it'll, Hmm. it'll totally give a different tone of what's happening. And so having them both, it was interesting to see like where the differences were. And like, 
I guess in Korean, the word for baby must also mean old man. Because there were some times where the, for example, spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen it, but like basically the villains of the show, the guy with the longer hair and then the super bad shit crazy girl. Yeah. When she was calling him babe and they like yeah. go bone. Yeah. But she kept calling him baby, but then like the dub would say baby, but the uh, subtitle would say old man. Oh, so you're like, oh, is she being playful, like old man, da da da, and that's why he was getting mad, or was he getting mad because she was calling him baby and being too? So that's so weird because I just saw the episode you're talking about in the translation on the English from the Korean is babe, babe. So she kept calling the guy with the tattoo and long hair babe. Yeah, and I guess it is similar, but that was not lost. The same way it was with like the English conversion. But then, but you don't know which one is right. Right. You know? So that was interesting. And there were a couple other times. It wasn't anything major. You obviously get what's going on. It's mostly, I mean, the dialogue is not all that important to the show. No. But yeah, it's more of an action-based kind of show. Plot-driven, I would say, not dialogue-driven. But what point are you in in the show? So I just finished Tug of War. Okay. Which is like halfway through, probably. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. There were a couple of like filler episodes. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay. And then, yeah, we just finished a game. Okay. It's just, it's really gory. I wasn't expecting it to be so gory. Super gory. And then I was doing like a lot of back reading about it because I was like, oh, this is interesting. And it's like, I guess, kind of like a dialogue on society and the inequalities in society that a lot of people are facing right now. Mm-hmm. That's why like Netflix decided to release it because they thought people could relate. But the show has actually, the script has been done for 10 years and That's everyone insane. has passed on it, especially as like a Korean show. They're not sure that it would translate as well. All of those factors. And it's been great as like a global show, which kind of makes sense because I was reading again, this is not my own thought that um, some of the U S shows that are massive don't blow up globally. Cause it just doesn't translate well. Yeah. Um, which is interesting that this has translated so well. Cause it's so simple. And my, I think I was telling you this too, Lauren, like my brother brought up a good point. He was like, this is crazy and like very dystopian, but like he's, he was like, I've seen black mirror and that's a little more realistic in a weird way, which is almost scary. Mm-hmm. like this is an extreme and yes it could happen but like black mirror you're like wait but could the government make these like killer bees yeah like it's a little less scary mm-hmm. that you're like i'm never gonna find myself in a game Correct. to save my life right yeah but it's fun to watch i mean i say fun <laughs> it's like Whoa. traumatizing but it's interesting to watch these childhood games be turned into these deadly experiences because i feel like i mean obviously uh what is it uh what is the game called red light green light uh-huh so it's called clearly that's a game that's played played in multiple different cultures and like tug of war and things like that those things are universal so i think that's a big reason is because it was so plot driven like those things span across lots of different right. places even some of the games that in the show, they talked about, oh, these are such big childhood games for uh, for them that we aren't familiar with. 
even those were still fun to watch because you can relate it to something in your head, like the cookie right. game. You know, you can think of childhood games that we played that are like Operation or there's something that you can relate it to that still makes it fun to watch. And that episode was really cringy. Watching them just like lick the cookies made me so ill. <laughs> but I also like weirdly enjoy the fact that it's kind of, it's not all surface level. Like there's strategy behind it. Yeah. Like very much so there's, it's almost like a puzzle. Like even with tug of war, it wasn't necessarily the strongest. There was yeah. a strategy mm-hmm. and the same with the cookie, but yeah. you have to figure it out. It's such a fascinating show. And I, I can't say too much cause I don't know what you've seen and what you've not seen, but like there are two plot twisty kind of points where you're like, Oh, this is what it's all about. It's just such a good and complex show that at the beginning you think is one thing, but it's really something else. And it's just really well done. It's an enjoyable well, show. I can't wait because I think I'm in the middle yeah. where stuff is starting to unravel and I need to continue to watch. Yeah. I think you're on the cusp of like some plot twists. I can't wait. Some good stuff. Yeah. It's a great show. And you just like fall in love with some of the characters. Like both of the younger girls that oh, like become yeah. friends mm-hmm. i love them both they're so precious and cute and i just like want them to be my friend and that's where i'm at well <laughs> i'll see if i end up there right yeah. now they're kind of uh, i don't know if i trust them we're yet. gonna need to do a follow-up after you finish oh, for 100%. sure 100 because maybe by then too maybe by our next episode more people will have watched it also so we can say right spoiler alert in case you haven't watched it but people will have a little more time. Oh, 100%. Okay, so this leads us perfectly into our personal currents, which we haven't talked about in a little while. So I'm excited to get the update. Jay, what are you currently reading, watching, and listening to? All right, what I'm listening to is Cody Johnson. Uh, Just You love him. I do love him. He's a cowboy. And I'm like his single off of his double album, Human, Till You Can't, is just like a rodeo anthem. I love it. I love him. I can't uh, shout out to our country music starter pack episode. If you want to hear Justine Ooh. talk more about her love for Cody Johnson, <laughs> check it out anywhere you listen to podcasts. Uh, yeah, I also have merch. I wear shirts all the time. <laughs> love him. Um, so that record just came out. What I'm reading is um, A Promised Land by President Obama. Uh, I was like, why do I know that I- book title? It is hefty. Yeah. It is like a textbook. It is. It's, it's like, big. Yeah. I get through like five pages at a time and I'm like, whew, I'm exhausted. Yeah. Um. So I'm in that. Uh, really interesting. Godspeed Lo- to you. Thank you. Very inspirational. Yeah. Love it. And then what I'm watching, obviously, is Squid Game. Are you watching anything else? That's what um, like you mean. I mean, I'm always watching Bravo. So <laughs> you can just, that's always happening. I'm on a rotation right now between... Okay. Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Mm-hmm. I've got Below Deck Med. And then I've got um, Vanderpump. Have you been watching Salt Lake City? Yes. And okay. I've also been watching Salt Lake City. So like, yeah, it's so much to handle. And sometimes I need a break from the drama to like just be a little like intelligent. So I read Obama's book and then I go back. <laughs> it's about balance. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that work-life balance. I tried to read Obama's book too. And... I read Michelle's book and loved it. Absolutely. Yeah. Loved it's it. very much like anecdotal uh-huh. and like for the lay person, like yeah. Obama writes, like he is 
President Obama is a lawyer and he writes like a lawyer. Yes. And it's just so verbiose. Yes. In, he writes like it's a research paper. Uh-huh. And it's like, I love you so much, but I don't need like detail for 10 pages mm-hmm. about like the ocean when you were like back home. Like, just tell me you were at the beach and like <laughs> Michelle's like, woo, like, there was I some pretty, yeah. I understand what the beach looks like. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I tried, I think I read like a hundred pages and it's maybe not even that much. And I still was at 1% on my Kindle. Yeah. And I was like, boo boo, I can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like an 800 page read. It's like, she thick. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he is not like, you know, for lack of words for at sure. all. But he is such a good writer. No, I mean, it's no, he's great. Like yeah. in all of that, it's just, it, the book, even <laughs> the pages are like a textbook. Like, Michelle's book is pretty and like you know what I mean and it's just like this is like a law book that I'm reading you're so smart proud of you oh thank you I mean I probably will give up I'm not even at page 100 yet also as a little added bonus I listened to an audiobook um green light by Matthew (gasps) McConaughey yes and it was great it was also weird hearing him narrate it because he rolls his s's in a southern way Uh So he was just rolling S's. So it was like he was hissing the entire book. But I also appreciated it. Um, I love him so much. It was great. So did you read it? I did. Yeah. Did you love it? I didn't do the audio book, but I just read the physical book and I loved that. Yeah, it was great. He's Um, such a good storyteller. Oh, 100%. And you can like understand where he is. I wanted him to go into like a little more of like life challenges because I was like, you just had this perfect life. You came out like a beautiful man that just went into acting like give me some like tough gritty stuff and like he's talking about wet dreams and then he goes to africa and i was like of course you did like (laughs) yeah naturally he is a charmed life kind of person everything just magically works a hundred percent he acknowledges that which i appreciated like he i think he said like his brother is unlucky and he never really met anyone unlucky until like he realized the life his brother had to live and he was like oh there are people with that life and i was like yeah i'm one of them (laughs) But anyway, that's all to say it was interesting. Um, yeah. All right. So, low. tell me. Give me the lowdown. What you're reading, watching, listening to, any audiobooks, all of those good things. I just can't do audiobooks. I want to. I want to be an audiobook person. I love podcasts, but I can't do an audiobook. So, I do them when I'm road tripping or when I'm painting. And I've been doing a lot of home projects lately. Love that. So... I yeah, have been doing like audiobooks while I do that because it's one I did that honestly with Michelle Obama's book mm-hmm. Becoming. Mm-hmm. I was doing some more painting and that was a big r- painter. Yeah, big <laughs> painter over here. Just it takes me forever to paint rooms. So um <laughs> that's what I appreciate them for. Because you yeah. can get lost in it. I I think we've actually talked about this on a previous episode. I just I, I have I think I have ADD mm-hmm. and I just can't focus and i'll get like three chapters in and be like i have no idea what they said this whole time oh, i need to like yeah. see it I yeah think. no that's fair that's very so fair. that's just something i've learned about myself i could do sometimes if it's a memoir and it's read by the author sometimes i can do that if it's a lighter like a stassi reading mm-hmm. her book or mm-hmm. you know something like that but anyway i finally finished reading the goldfinch how was it also a 700 plus page book similar to mr obama um it took me forever to get through but it was really good 
really yeah, everyone it. has said that and i i want to tackle it but i feel like yeah. if i tackle the president's book i'm gonna need a breather you, yeah yeah i'm gonna oh. need something real trashy 100 percent. i immediately after i finished the goldfinch was like i need something i can read in a day so yeah. i don't feel like crap about myself right because it just took me so long it's such a beautifully written book though like it's very it's about art and furniture and like just beautiful things and so Mm. it's so well written but it's just the longest story ever oh and then i of course i watched the movie which was golden globe nominated oh wow i I think it won something yeah it was nominated for like picture whatever the Mm. motion picture of the year i don't know i forget what the award is but um, it stars Ansel Elgort. Of course. Love him. Or at least used to love him. I think he's canceled. I don't really know. Um, <laughs> but I had heard the movie, even though it was nominated, I had heard the movie was not that good. And so I wasn't expecting that much. But of course, after you finish reading the book, you like want to watch the right. movie. I really liked it. I thought uh-huh. it was good. Oh, well, yeah. that's good. But it's tough because it's such a long story that it's hard. It's like the Harry Potter books. It's like, yeah, they can't fit hard, everything. Yeah, it's hard to fit right. it all in there. So I could understand why people would be like, Oh, right. you missed these details, but it, they did the best job they could, I guess. Finally finished that. Now I'm reading this book called Good as Dead. And basically, this is the premise for the book. Holly Kendrick's husband is dead. Holly saw it all. In one violent moment, a hit and run accident turns Holly's life upside down. Then a fixer for the high powered guilty party approaches Holly with an offer she's in no position to refuse. Holly and her daughter, Savannah, will want for nothing, beginning with a luxury dream house, all for the price of their silence. But when their sudden appearance in privileged Calabasas, California, piques the interest of neighbors, the price becomes greater than they imagined because Holly and Savannah aren't the only ones in the neighborhood with something to hide. It's very much like Scandal meets Desperate Housewives. I love it. I'm not that far into it, but so far it's interesting. Oh, I have so to check that out. Okay. I needed something I could, again, like power Quick through. Quick read. Kind yeah. Of. So that's what I'm reading. And then, oh, I'm also reading Jerry Seinfeld's book called Is This Anything? I mentioned it on a previous episode because I had started it a long time ago, but mm-hmm. just never finished it. It's literally just a book of his jokes. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So he threw out all the years that he's been a comic has kept notebooks and notebooks of just, you know, funny things he's thought of that he thought maybe I could turn this into a piece and so he put them all into a book and it's separated by decades so it's like here's the things I wrote in the 70s and oh, the 80s that's super cool so it's really interesting um I'm currently listening to Alessia Cara's record mm. in the meantime it is so phenomenal oh does it slap oh girl I need you to would get really on like it. it. Okay, I'll, really I'm like going to listen to it on my drive home. It's so good. And I really like her, but I did not have that high of expectations of it. Um, I don't know why. Just the last several like songs that she's released, I was like, oh, they're all right. The record is phenomenal. So it's good. It's pop goodness. Oh, I can't wait. I've also been listening to Willow, oh. a.k.a. Will Smith's daughter, Willow. So I saw a clip of a new song she had and I was like, not into it. Dude, no. She went very pop punk. Yeah. I just. I actually, I describe it as if the Cranberries went pop punk. Okay. I could maybe see that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, It's really good. There was this one song that went viral on TikTok a while ago. And I didn't know that was her for the longest time. And then once I found out that was her, I was like, what? And then I listened to her whole record. And of course, being in the pop punk vein, 
she has features with Travis Barker and all that. Right. It's honestly a really good album. Oh, okay. I need to give it a chance before I like poo poo it. Yeah. It's pretty good. And then I've been watching everything. To be honest, I have a lot of things I've been watching. Of course, I finished Squid Game. Yeah. Loved that. That I had to like power through. Right. That's a binger. A binger. Of course, been watching Ted Lasso. Have you been watching? No, I need to watch. I know. You've seen it before though, right? No. What? No, I know. Don't, don't cancel me from society. I know. I know. I know. I don't know why in my head I thought you had watched it. No, no. I know I will. I I have to say. I just have to say it it was a show that I did not feel like was for me and then I watched it it's for everyone I'm so <laughs> sorry to say it is for everyone every literally everyone loves it and yeah. has said it's incredible it's just a heartwarming show the writing is so good it's so funny it has like in the same way that like 30 it's not similar to 30 rock but in the same way that 30 rock has the jokes are just so subtle in there that if you're not paying attention, you could completely miss miss something that's hilarious. There's so much of that, but it's also just heartwarming and sweet and just so good. Jason Sudeikis is iconic in it. It's his best role yet. He's so hot. Like I love him. I love him, but truly like 2020 me was like Jason Sudeikis. He's cool. Yeah. I kind of like him. 2021 me would marry him <laughs> i would sell a family member in order Whoa. to like hang well out i think him. he's single now i mean jason call me hit lauren up um, so i've been watching that i watched scenes from a marriage which is on hbo max okay. oh wait no yeah hbo max it what's is that this, about so it is a mini series with jessica chastain and oscar isaac okay who is also such a zaddy. He is so hot. I love um, that zaddy's a term now. No, me too. But he has like salt and pepper hair. I Ugh. honestly didn't even know who he was, but he was the guy from Inside Lewin Davis, which is a hu- mm-hmm. huge movie from forever ago and also in a lot of other stuff. Uh, but he's just really hot in this show. But it's a remake of this Swedish show. Okay. I guess. So it's very like artsy and quirky in a way but it's just basically a marriage told across five different episodes like five different phases of their lives and they kind of just go in and out of these different periods of like happiness and separation and coming back together and separation and kids and just all these things it's very emotional and it's very much like like have you ever seen um before midnight Mm-hmm. it's very much like that oh okay it's All like right. it's told across such a slow period of time hmm. and there's not a lot of action happening but it's just so intriguing their dialogue and just like their relationship okay. super good highly recommend and then currently what i'm watching that i am so obsessed with i can't even begin to tell you is the show made on netflix have you seen it no oh i just started it yesterday and what i'm is- not kidding i'm on episode six. Oh wow what is it so it is, you know, Andy McDowell? No. I'm going to pull up a picture and you're, you'll recognize her because she's like in everything. So she created it and her daughter, her real life daughter stars in it and plays her daughter in the show. They both oh, act in it. okay. This is Andy McDowell. Yes. Yeah. I do know who she is. So she, she, I think is the maybe director of the show or something. So it's about this girl who 
the Andy McDowell's daughter who is a young mom and she is leaving an abusive relationship with her boyfriend and it's like all of her hardships and basically it's just her trying to make a good life for her and her daughter but it's basically showing how we let people in vulnerable positions slip through the cracks with the flaws in all of our systems it's so sad but like the acting is so good and I'm only like halfway through the acting is incredible Andy McDowell's daughter Margaret Qualley is so good in this show also just learned today that she used to date Pete Davidson what used to date Shia LaBeouf and I've oh, never heard wow. of this girl until I started watching the show. Yeah. I, I mean, I clearly haven't. But yeah. I, that's also not surprising. But that was wild to me. But it's so good. It's just like heartwarming, but also sad, but also just fascinating. I need to watch it. I'm not kidding when I say this. Like, it's the best show I've seen in a long time. Wow. And I don't say that lightly. What's it on? Netflix. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's supposedly a limited series is what it says. And there's... I think 10 episodes oh, or something. I'm into limited series. Me too. It's I'm less of it. a commitment. Oh, 100%. Yeah. That's why I love it. <laughs> Same. So I got to check it out. Okay. You gotta. You definitely gotta. Also, have you watched Only Murders in the Building? No. Oh, that's another one you got to watch. Is that the Selena Gomez one? Yeah. So we started it. <gasps> Did I you started like it, it with Addie. I just didn't. Mm, it didn't captivate me. It's like, so good you don't love martin short and steve martin i mean they're fine oh my gosh Someone i'm canceled come arrest this i'm canceled jail done um i also last but not least have been like you always need like a background show that you can turn to when you've caught up on all your episodes you know right right that show for me right now is parenthood you've never seen that either no i mean i can't say anything i'm just now watching it for the first time and it's from like 2004 <laughs> like it's so old um but that's got everyone in it it's so crazy how many actors are in that show it's like dax shepherd and oh um what's her name from gilmore girls the mom i can't think of the mom's name just so many actors who like got their start on this show i mean the mom from gilmore girls didn't get her start there but a lot of other (laughs) she got her start on gilmore girls (laughs) it just launched them i think to a different dimension but it's it's a great show it's good just another heartwarming abc you're really putting me to shame i gotta catch up no i'm not putting you to shame i'm putting myself to shame because i have done nothing else but watch tv (laughs) no i love it (laughs) i'm trying to catch up i've just been like very trying to be antisocial as much as possible because mama's trying to buy a house so i'm trying to like we love that we gotta save money also it's fall it's time to start hibernating exactly yeah we're in it winter is coming okay john snow (laughs) (laughs) winter's coming (laughs) all right y'all well we love you mean it love you mean it stay buzzed like subscribe comment do Follow all us things. on Instagram at Music Buzz Pod. And we'll catch you next time. See ya. Stay cool. Mm-hmm.